Turn to Exodus chapter 33, verses 15 through 20. Has any man seen God, God the Father's face? Has any man seen God the Father's face? I'm going to clear up a seeming biblical contradiction. Ryrie in his book, Basic Bible Doctrines, we have it. That book is used in many colleges, Christian colleges across America, and undergraduate work um, as a staple book. It's a, it's a classical book on the doctrines of Scripture. He has a section in there on the inerrancy of Scripture. Uh, inerrancy of Scripture. And he did a good job, as he does on everything he does, in a section there. There are approximately 20 areas of Scripture that are challenged, that are challenged for their accuracy. Uh, they're also challenged as being contradictive or wrong. And so he goes through those 20 main passages, and I encourage you to uh, buy that book, whether you can buy it used probably from Alibris or from Barnes & Noble or from one of those, uh, I think Amazon even has a big book club, and you probably buy it used for half the money, quarter of the money, and get it at your house. And so um, you, you want to get that and look at that in the inerrancy. These, and they're, what it amounts to are there are 20 seeming contradictions, which really end up not being contradictions. Because as I said this morning, if there were real, provable, definitive contradictions in Scripture. We have a lot of enemies. And our enemies would have brought them out, thrown them out everywhere, proved us to be uh, liars, fools, and it would have been dismissed probably in the first hundred years of the church, or 200 or 300, or whenever the book, when they finally made them way, their way out and, and being printed. Of course, in the 14th, Gutenberg was the one who really, whew, that's when the Bible really got proliferated after Gutenberg. But before that, it was all handwritten copies, and it was a lot more expensive, and only real rich people had copies of things like that. But uh, you get to have the Bible. We treat this like as, we treat this book like, I mean, I find myself, I'm so used to having cheap printed books. When you begin to think of the work goes into getting this book together, and, and the work in printing it, and the work in reproducing it to make sure you didn't make error in the reproduction and all that, just... This is, a, this is a marvel. It's a, it's a joy to have these books everywhere you go. You can have an old King James Bible. You can trust it. You can put your weight on it. A hundred years from now, it'll read just the same. That's what I like about the Bible. You stick with it, and a hundred years from now, you won't be any different. Won't be any. The fads of life will come and go. Uh, the kingdoms of, of this earth will come and go. They will be in ashes but this book will still read the same as it reads tonight for you and for me. So what, I, had a, I had some people call me on the phone and say, Preacher, we're confused about this subject of seeing the face of God. So there's a couple statements in Scripture uh, where it says they saw God. Let, let's look at Jacob's uh, statement in uh, Genesis chapter 32, verse 30. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we pray that you'd give insight and wisdom and understanding tonight. Please come in Jesus' name. Amen. 
So it says here, And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. Uh, that was in Genesis 32, 30, where it says, Jacob says, I saw God face to face. How about Moses and the elders of Israel? This is found in Exodus chapter 24, verses 9 through 11. They went up Moses and Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, and the 70 of the elders of Israel, and they saw the God of Israel. And there was under his feet, as it were, a paved work of sapphire stone, as it were, the body of heaven in his clearness. And upon the nobles of the children of Israel, he laid not his hand. Also they saw God and did eat and drink. Manoah, as, Sam, as Samson's dad, said that he saw God in Judges chapter 13, verses 21 to 22. But the angel of the Lord did not appear to Manoah and his wife, then Manoah, knew that it was the angel of the Lord. And Manoah said unto his wife, we, surely, we shall surely die because we have seen God. So he made a statement. Uh, it's interesting to me, that going way back here uh, to Samson, that this man had an understanding that if you saw God's face, you died. Where did he get that? If you saw God's face, you died. Well, he had it. It goes back to Moses, of course. And again, in the New Testament, and a seeming one, in Second, Third John chapter 1, verse 3, Beloved, follow not that which is evil, that which is good. He that doeth good is of God. He that doeth evil hath not seen God. So what is the answer to this? Did Jacob see God face to face? Did Moses and the elders see God? Did Manoah? really see God, have, have the redeemed, as in here in 2 John chapter 1, verse 3, seeing God, and making the difference between them and the, the lost. So let's go back and review Moses' experience real quick here in our text verse in Exodus chapter 33, 15 through 20. I'll start out reading verse 15. He said unto them, If thy presence go not with me, this is Moses talking to God, carry us not up hence. I've prayed that over and over again. I got to stop for this, even though this is off the topic. Um, Moses had a legitimate deal here. He said, look, you want me to go and you want me to lead your children, uh, but I'm not going to do it if you don't come. You don't want to be out there without God. You don't want to be doing anything without God. And they understood that. He understood that. Moses carefully understood that. He said, if thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence, don't, don't go. This is going to be a tragedy if you're not with us. And brother, your life and my life is a tragedy without God's presence with us. We're constantly, every morning, every morning that you get up, you should say, God, guide every decision I make today. Please help me in everything that I decide to do and where I go, give me wisdom and understanding and knowledge from above and, and guide my, my feet, as it were. You need it. You need it every day. And verse 16, from wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? Is it not that thou goest with us? Yeah. So shall we be separated, and I and thy people, from all the people that are under the face of the earth. And the Lord said to Moses, I will do this thing also which thou hast spoken. 
for thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. And he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and will show mercy to whom I will show mercy. And he said, Thou canst not see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. Okay, there's the supposed contradiction there. Okay, so the word of God directly to Moses was, no man can see my face. Now, as you know the story, probably on Moses, he put him in a cleft of a rock and put his hand over him when he went over him. When he and let him see the, what he called the hinder parts of his glory, the backside of his glory. He did not see the face of Jehovah God. So Moses did not see his face, and this agrees with the words also of the New Testament. In John chapter 1, verse 18, it says, in the Gospel of John, that is, no man has seen God at any time. The only begotten of the Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. So who is he talking about? That word God is defined in the context as the Father. No man has seen the Father at any time. Now you say, well, how is God defined? He's defining the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Jesus said when you baptize from here out, as the church is established, and you baptize a new convert, I want you to baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost. Those would have never... God God the Father in Isaiah, in a few places, Isaiah 44, 46, said, I will not share my glory with anybody. It would be wrong because it would be false. But he, so when when he shares his glory with the Son and with the Holy Ghost, the three are one. Are you with me? And so I can't go into the proofs of the Trinity, but that's some of it. So 1 Timothy 6, 14 through 16 says this. Um, in verse uh, 16, who only hath immortality dwelling in light, which no man can approach unto, which no man hath seen nor can see, to whom be honor and power everlasting. Amen. Who is he talking about? He's talking about in that passage, the Father. The Father. And so no man is able to see the Father, no man in the flesh, that is, is able to see the Father face to face. The corruption of our flesh, I don't know whether it would just go zip. I don't know whether it just zap because it just would not survive. No man that is alive, no human being, can see the Father face to face. So what is the explanation then between these two seeming contradictions, these statements? The key is found with Moses' request. Moses was told that he would see God's glory. Exodus chapter 33, verses 21 through 23. And I told you about that. And the Lord said, Behold, there's a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock, and it shall come to pass, while my glory passes by, I will put thee in a cleft of the rock, and I will cover thee with my hand while I pass by. And I will take away my hand, and thou shalt see my back parts, but my face shall not be seen. Again, reiterated by God, clear as crystal. So let's just see if we can explain this. 
He was also told that he could not see God the Father's face, which is what who he's talking about there. If, let's reason through this, if even Moses was not allowed to see the Father's face, how much less likely is someone else? Moses was on the top of the mountain with God for 40 days and 40 nights to the place that came down, his face shone. Moses is no doubt had more contact with God the Father than any human being uh, before the New Testament. Uh, no doubt about it. There's nobody close to him, not even close to him. There's no other man. The key is that, that these other people that we talked about, Jacob and Noam and others, they thought they had seen God and made statements as such in Jacob's statement, but Jacob's statement and other those others were just simply wrong. They were recorded what they believed they thought, they saw, okay? It, it was recorded that way. Jacob had wrestled with what he was described as a man. Manoah saw an angel, as mentioned in the text. The elders of Moses saw the glory of God, but not his face. A passage I mentioned also in 1 John 1.11 is when it says of seeing God, is, uh, it basically says that the righteous will see God and the unrighteous will not see God. It's not talking about actually looking. It's, it's, it's a word that would mean to understand him. Uh, the word see doesn't mean just to uh, look at the visual concept of who you are, but it's to understand someone. Uh, we've seen God. We have the literal mind of Christ in the, in the respect of knowing who he is. In some part, as you go through this book over and over and over again, I got to say the same thing that happened to Moses is going to happen to you. The more you go through this book and you, you peer on the words of God, it will change your countenance. You've seen it. It'll cause a glow to come about you. Uh, I've seen people before they got saved and then after they got saved, and there were literally, all I could describe it as, there was a glow about them. There was a, a forgiven look about them. Uh, and then... I remember we led this one guy, Charlie Foster, we led him to Christ in 1971 on Fort Myers Beach. He was a 35-year-old, hard-living, been through two divorces. Uh, all he owned, all he had left in his, to speak for was what he had in his suitcase. And uh, he, was, he, he would listen to tapes. He would listen to sermon tapes. He wouldn't listen to us giving the gospel, but he listened to sermon tapes. So back then it was a guy called Bob Harrington. How do I remember Bob Harrington? Chaplain Bourbon Street. And so we had these Bob Harrington tapes, and we said, would you listen to this guy? And Bob Harrington was kind of funny. You know, he, he'd say, uh, he'd say I'm, glad, I'm glad some of you don't smoke. If you did, you, if, I'm glad the Holy Spirit's not in your lungs. If, if, if he was, some of you would smoke him out. But anyway, and he had all kinds of those kind of statements going on. But, but he was interesting to listen to. And, so he, and he gave a provoking and honest representation of the gospel. One day, Charlie... Listen to one of those tapes, and the name of the tape, I remember, How I Know I'm Saved. And, and Bob Harrington gave five reasons how I know I'm saved. And at the end of that tape, he came up, and he says, I got saved. I, I got on my knees and opened the Bible and just said, God, I give you. And, and Charlie already was different. But then we gave Charlie an old Schofield Bible. That's, by the way, the Baptist Bible. And he began to read that book. I mean, he began to read that book to where he, literally in a year or so, he had to throw that thing out. It was shot. And he had to get him another one. And he kept reading it and pouring over those pages. Charlie used to be a, a cusser, you know, a typical world man, you know, the, the, uh, profanities on the very edge of their tongue. 
They describe everything with four-letter words and, and, and a little small vocabulary. And, man, that old boy started talking King James. I mean, he started talking Bible talk. That's what they call Bible talk. Uh, he started talking Bible phraseology. And, and my, my brother and I were shocked at how the Word of God, if I may say seeing God in that respect, and understanding who God was, by looking at him through his word, changed him from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God, and changed his face, his countenance. He got a giggle. Uh, Brother Moon, <laughs> Brother Moon one time went to, went to camp with the kids. See, when we send the kids to camp, we hope the guy that goes with them gets right with God. Thomas, where you at, buddy? Yeah, we, ho we hope, brother, you get right with God when you go to camp. And we, we, we hope for Chris, but hey, it don't always work out. But, but you know, I remember old uh, George Griffiths has a camp called Camp Victory. It's the poorest camp. I mean, it is literally a bunch of lean-tos, no AC, it's rough. But George... Uh, Boy, he's an old, old-timey preacher brother, and he, he gets to those kids and, and made a difference in them. And, and I remember Brother Moon came back one time, and he said, Brother Bill, I got my giggle back. Now, you know Brother Moon? He's got a giggle. He said, I got my giggle back. He said, I lost my giggle. I know exactly what he was talking about. Sin will make you lose your giggle. That, that little bit of joy, that joy you should have, almost ready to break out. And, and at the least little thing, like an ice cream sundae, a strawberry shortcake. I, if you ever want to have a lot of, if you ever want to have fun with Moon, you go up there and visit him. Half you have, three quarters of you have gone to visit him, by the way. I know where you're going. And so, he, he, if you want to have fun with Moon, you, you take him out for a big, uh, meal and then order dessert afterwards. And when that dessert comes, literally he'll start giggling. He will literally, he will start giggling. And like a kid, I remember with Troy, I went, when he was small, it's fun to have about a, a two, what was it, two and a half, three-year-old maybe, Kathy, when Troy was about two and a half, three, when we bring that banana, <laughs> that banana out. And he thought bananas were like the best thing there was. And he would just start, he'd throw his chest out and his arms back and start giggling. <laughs> you know, I get my, I get my banana, and it was such an innocency. And I told her, you know, that's, you know, that's not gonna last, and it didn't. But, uh, but we're gonna get it back by the grace of God in heaven. In heaven, we're gonna be of, of our countenance a whole lot more like that three-year-old than we are like we are now. We're gonna have uh, no guile, no guile. No subterfuge, no motivation other than just absolutely pure. Oh, it's going to be good. It's going to be good, amen? That's what happens when you, when you gaze on God. So the saying there in uh, 1 John 1.11 seems to be really, in translate, could be un to understand God and know who He is. And so sometimes it's, it's like when, when people... You're trying to explain something to somebody complicated, and you begin to explain it to them, and they give you that puzzled look. And eventually, when they get it, they say, ah, I see, I see. 
They're not really looking at anything. They understand what you're saying. I see, I understand. That's what that is in 1 John 1.11. So the conclusion of the matter is that no man has seen God at any time. We're talking about God the Father. Uh, men, have, men have been in his presence, as Moses was, and the elders of Israel were in his presence. Uh, Jacob had wrestled with, evidently, uh, an angel. Some believe that could be what they call a Christophany or pre-appearance of Christ. Don't know it for sure, although we're just going to keep it to be an angel. So without contradiction, the teaching of the Bible is absolutely consistent that no man has seen God at any time, speaking of seeing God the Father's face. But what about after redemption, preacher? What about after adoption? I believe in heaven we're going to see Jesus. We're going to see Jesus. 1 John 3, 2. But beloved, now are we the sons of God. You're born again. And it does not yet appear what we shall be. Oh, it does not yet appear what we shall be. Uh, you cannot put it into your head, and you cannot put your mind around what you're going to be. You can't. God's got some surprises for us, brother. But we know that when he shall appear, that's talking about Christ, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. We shall see him as he is. So we know for sure that we will see the Lord Jesus Christ when we go to heaven. We also know that at the judgment seat of Christ, 2 Corinthians 5.10, that we are going to see face to face with the Lord Jesus as our judge. Uh, the people that are at their great white throne judgment in Revelation chapter 20, they're going to see uh, Christ face to face. And so we will see Jesus on the right hand of the throne, according to Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2. But no man in the veil of this flesh can see God the Father's face and live. That is biblically consistent from one way or another. But ultimately, his people, I believe his people, in our spiritual bodies, like unto his glorious body, the Lord Jesus, will be able to see the face of the Father through the Lord Jesus. Revelation chapter 22, 3 and 4. There shall be no more curse but the throne of God and of the Lamb. So separating those two. The Father and the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. Amen? You don't like tattoos? You're going to have to get over it. The only tattoo the Bible sanctions is God's tattoo. Amen? God's going to tattoo us, going to put a love name on us. Amen? A love name. And we know what that's like, don't we? Each of you. You know, Every man, every married man in this room ought to write down his, his uh, love names for his wife. And I, we ought to get, all of the men ought to get together, no women, and we ought to go through our list. No, you're not knowing it's your list or my list or any list, but just the list of, of the love list, the, the, the pet names we have for our women. I almost never call my wife Kathy. I mean... Do you say? Do you go around your house saying Nora? Yeah, you just ruined the whole lousy thing. I hope you know that. Corey, what what do you refer to your wife generally speaking? That's two for two. 
Okay. But but not her fault. You don't go say Cassandra. Cassandra or whatever. Cassandra. No, no, no. Um, what's that? What what do you refer to Jama as most of the time? Ma. Okay, good. That's a pet name. That's a pet name, Ma. Ma, even though she's not your ma, but it represents the mother of the house. I hear I hear uh I hear Bob call his wife Ma. Ma, mother, ma. And so I'm not going to go any dig any deeper here. That's all the farther I'm going. But God's going to have a special name for you that nobody else knows but you and him. That's, that's, that's the intimacy that we're facing when we get to go to heaven. It'll be like no intimacy we've ever had here. The best marriage you ever had is not going to compare to anything close to the beauty of holiness. The beauty of the intimacy of the fellowship. And by the way, Jesus said the Holy Spirit will never be taken from you. So he's going to be with you forever and ever. My blessed comforter. The one who's walked alongside of me that knows me. Oh, that knows me and where I'm at and who I am. And, and still loves me. That's the amazing thing. Amen. It's beautiful to have someone who really knows you still like you. Amen. I'm confident in this room that if you knew me in all my fullness, this would be a lot fewer people here. Because there's parts about me that are simply ugly, really ugly. And once in a while, raise their ugly head. Amen. Pray for my wife. I know you do. So it's, it's a beautiful. So I hope that helps you. Uh, will we see God's face? Uh, only on the other, if we do, it'll be on the other side. There's been men who've said the only, the only person we're ever going to see in eternity is the Lord Jesus Christ. There could be some to that. Uh, I'm, I'm good with it. In fact, I'm good with whatever God says is the way to do it. I'm good with that. If God says it's going to be the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm good with that. If it's going to be the Father and the Lord Jesus, I'm good with that. Whatever it is, he's going to let us do. But no man in the flesh has seen God, the Father, face to face and live. I hope you hope you got that. Father, thank you. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you and God bless.